You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is some of my best friends are Kabbalists. I'm here with Rav Nossen Notaglik out of Ashkelon, Eretz Yisrael. And although I can hear birds tweeting out of his window, there's warmth, I would assume, where you are. And it's quite early here, too, uh, November. Um, Hanukkah season is just around the corner. And I think it behooves us as uh, a, a Kabbalistic program to speak about this mitzvah, which, you know, unlike other uh, Nelson, you know, Kabbalistic uh, interpretations of uh, things in the Torah, I mean, here we're talking about something that Chazal were koveya, right? There are, you know, the Bezdin Shochashmanoyim. Now, um, and yet, Hanukkah is a pretty has pretty strong history uh, in Kabbalistic literature. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, the fact that it's so rabbinic in nature, and in many ways, I guess, even political in nature, uh, the Mukubolim really um, uh, have quite a bit of interpretation about Kavanah's Hadloka and other things like that. No? The Yehudim that you can that you can do is the Yehud Haner, which is useful both for Neir Shabbos and for and for Neir Hanukkah. Neir Shabbos and Neir Hanukkah are usually given the same the same twist, and I don't know if you if I. Well, I guess I can just spell the whole thing out. What you do is you is you are is you are mishalev three sets of shameless havaya ekye, you know, which is which comes out. Let's say um, yud alef hey hey vav yud hey hey, and then and then you also have to then you mishalev havaya elikim, which comes out somewhat more complicated because there's five letters in elikim and there's four letters in havaya, and then you have the the one Havaya Adnus, which is uh, you know Yud Aleph Hey Dal Vav Nun Hey Yud, okay. And if you add up all the letters for all of these uh, all of these um, shameless, so you end up with two hundred and fifty, which is Gematria Ner. And they also really correspond to the to the sheer claim of a person's neshama. You know, there's there's three madregas. There's there's let's say a, a yichud of Abba and Ima. And then there's a yichud of uh, chesed and gevura, and there's a yichud of zeranpin and malchus, the yichud of the asides. So you have all these three yichudim which go into generating the light, which is your neshama, ner Hashem nishmas adam, and that light is the light that you're actually mamshech um, when you when you do the mitzvahs hadlokas ner Hanukkah. Yeah, and I guess the. Yeah, and I just I'll just add add a question here, which is which is, you know, kind of difficult. That, I mean, you do this all the time. You know, I mean, every time you say Shema Nesrei, there's a yichud. You know, there's, and there's the same yichud that you're machaving. So, so what's the nafkamina here by Hanukkah that you have to do something the night before to mamshich? You know, to mamshich the yichud. What, you know, what does that what does that really mean when you in, in the bigger picture? Okay, but um, uh, yeah, I, I think there's also the uh, idea that I think every school child knows that the 36 neiros uh, represent the the amount of time that the hours that the orhagonus was uh, was functioning whether it's the or of the 12 hours of uh, Erev Shabbos and the 24 hours of Shabbos or some other sort of orhagonus in the beginning of the Bria uh, 
that that somehow that, that light taps into the supernal or in ways that I don't think they even speak about in Evner Shal Shabbos. Um, and, you know, the, you know, and there's, I think, behind this all is this uh, seemingly a mystical tradition. Uh, and I, I have tried to trace it as, as well as I can, that Hanukkah is really the ultimate Gemar Din. Right, that Hanukkah is ultimately the time that the the Pitzkos, It's not Rosh Hashanah. It's not Yom Kippur. It's not Hashanah Rabbah, but it's really Hanukkah is really the ultimate, ultimate end, uh, and w- which really presents from a mystical perspective, Hanukkah is is so much different than you know a nationalistic um, way to remember a victory uh, to to necessarily hold on to the significance of Jewish determination and indestructibility and that God still loves us. And it really turns into, and I've, I've been by Rebbes who have lit in their Hanukkah, and I'm sure you have as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the sheer amount of time it takes for them to even say those brochas, right, is incredible, right? The, how every word is, is steeped with such meaning. And, and again, assuming that like we both do, that many of these Rebbes are Bali uh, Sod, that they are thinking about Kavonis, Yesoides, Mu'ayud Gedailis, Mu'ayud. So, you know, Hanukkah really is fertile ground to to be involved in in, 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 in mystical thought, despite the fact that its provenance is very much um, post-Torah, post-Rabbinic. It's so much what what we did, right? We were now, you know. In many ways, I think I once heard that, you know, it's sort of spitz kabbalah because, as we say in the Ma'atzur, b'nei bina, right? The b'nei bina yemei shvoina. Somehow, the b'nei bina were really the the. It wasn't just a bezin that said this is a good idea, but they were actually uh, informed by Ema'ilah, the b'nei bina. Right. The ones, and again, uh, right, and that's why and we if have. You start eight. counting up from Malchus up to Bina, so then, so then, uh, then you have eight. So anybody, anybody that's anybody that's making a holiday with eight days is is coming at it from a higher level than than the the usual level of Zeranpin and Malchus, which which are seven. Right. Okay. So, so that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, so it, it's sort of like uh, it's operating in, 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 in the typical Hasidic fashion, which is the least is actually the greatest. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. it, it, and even if you, we look at it, you know, it's, it's the latest of the, of the, of the Chagim. Purim, of course, happens when there's still, you know, true Nevi'im around. There's still Chagai, perhaps, or other, uh, you know, Bali, you know, even the Anshe Knesset Hagdeu at that point, according to Chazal, had Bali Umehem Kamen Naviim. And Chanukah, of course, occurs in a later period, a period where we sort of... No longer any Naviim. Yes. And yet, I would say that despite the Simcha that, that, that gets around for Purim, Chanukah with its length and with its uh, involvement really is, a, I think, a, I wouldn't say it's a, it's, it's a week worth of uh, happy Kabbalists around the, uh, around the menorah, I would say. Well, so, uh, there's a lot. There's gonna, a lot. And that is that there is something called, um, let's say, Or HaChasodim. Okay, it's the, it's, the, it's the light of Midas HaChesed. And Minas Chesed is the is the first of the of the let's say the revealed 
um, attributes that can be found, so to speak, in the Bria. So when a Kaddish Baruch Hu goes to the first day of, of Bria Salem, so it's Vayhi Erev Vayhi Vayker Yom Echod. Now it's not Yom Rishon, it's Yom Echod, which everybody, everybody darshans on this. So the meaning of Yom Echod is that it's like the, it's not one number in the series, it's the number that is the basis of all numbers. So when you when you do number two, you're still taking something of number one with you because now you have a set of number two, but the, the the original one is there giving the sense of oneness to the number two. Like what holds the number two together? What holds the number three together? What hold what holds the number seven together? It's always that same principle of one which keeps expanding and 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 generating larger numbers. If you didn't have the number one going along with all of them, then the numbers would simply disintegrate and you wouldn't have a number two or three or four. Okay. So there's a, the, in the Zahir, this is called the Yoyma Da'azul Akula Yoyman. It's the day that goes together with all the other days. And this is, this is the Arhagonas which our Kaddish Baruch Hu has to hide because the Risham shouldn't, the Risham shouldn't get a hold of it. Right. And so there's a lot that you can, there's a lot that you can discuss, but what, what it says is that, that, Nothing can really be revealed with, you know, in that in that place in Olam Matzilus without first being enveloped in the in the Orach And when you get down to the moment of Yichud, which happens to create a neshama, so every neshama takes with it some of this Orach also, and you take with take that down with you into the world, and it gives you the ability to. Um, be in the world but not a part of it. Right. So we can we can operate in this world, but we're not really entirely subservient to its principles and to its uh, and 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 to its laws of cause and effect. Right. So it seems that the you know when you get to the end of of uh, bias rishon or the beginning of bias shani or whatever, there's there's a, a certain trauma that happens and you and you you get you seem to be descending to a level at which the orhag of that which that orhagonus is no longer conveyed to the neshama, and now the Jew is out there in the world along with everybody else, and uh, and subject to the same contingencies and and laws of cause and effect as every other as every other creature, and at that point you kind of lose a, a bit of your, or maybe a large chunk of your connection to to our own shirish so there's a necessity to to reintroduce the arha chasodim at that particular point right so so you go through you go through hanukkah so to speak in order to be in order to regenerate the concept of arha chasodim milamalo lamata and therefore to re to regenerate the concept of of uh, of a jew being subject to a different kind of causality or a different kind of reality than anybody else, okay? and therefore, the, you know, celebrating Hanukkah is, would be the process of of generating this new kind of, or old kind of light, but re, but generating it in a new context, which that context, by the way, is is called you know below asarat fachim, you know mitzvah Hanukkah there mitzvah mitzvah lahadlikam mitachas leasarat fachim, okay, and it's also it's also called rishus arabim. Right, so you, you're supposed to put the candle so that it shines out into Rishus Arabim, okay. and and you and you allow you allow it to shine out the night before because that is the hachana 
for what happens during the daytime of Hanukkah, which is actually the revelation of this of this level of of neshama, and it, and it goes over a goes over an eight day period because as you as you said, it has to come from someplace higher than the than the original chesed of the first day of creation, right? So it has to come from Bina. So that's why it, that's why it needs eight days, and that's a, as far as I'm going to go with that. Uh, the mystical view of history. Uh, part of what you know, is, you know, Gershon Shalom has explored this incredibly when he talks about how um, the Sabbatean movement was able to garner strength and bring everyone towards this idea that we were on the cusp of Mashiach. And part of it was, you know, I think Gershon Shalom argues very cogently that part of what uh, the Ari was able to manage was to indicate that the outside external reality is really completely uh, clouds what's really going on. The fact that we are so uh, broken down and seem to be so downtrodden and seem to be uh, is really we're being mavara in the tzitzis. We're actually uh, the 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 um, disastrous effects of whether it's Chelmeniki or other barbarians who are slaughtering, destroying us is really being ways to be maliman, you know, into to to further banishayu. So the the mm-hmm. ability to see what you know, a historian or a sociologist would see in very, you know, prosaic and, you know, perhaps still dramatic ways, the Kabbalist sees way beyond, sees, no, you don't really know what's going on here. What's going on here is tikkunim, is biranitzaitzes. What's going on here is actually a, 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 a revolution in Kedusha, despite what's happening on the ground. You know, and we know, as the Ramban reminds us in Parshas Vayichi, but historians have also told us that this glory era that we celebrate, uh, that we, you know, the Hasmonean dynasty, we know how it descended into, you know, some of the most, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it bacchanalian. Despotic. Despotic, <laughs> sometimes bacchanalian, sometimes, you know, a really ugly uh, rivalry. And, and and it's like the 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 Mukubolim say you got this whole story wrong anyway. Punk Fakert. It's 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 during the period where it seems to be the Choshech seems to be the greatest. Really, you don't understand the great aura that's happening, and that that is really especially as Shalom says, Al Pidiari. It's always that way. You know, it, it's always that that um, uh, that dichotomy between the external reality uh, of, of 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 a failed. Attempt to reestablish true Malchus Israel and 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 the Tzniyastika lighting of the Ner Hanukkah and what goes on there is is the ultimate uh, being able to key in to the real victory, the real Hatzalah, the real or the real sense of how you know how the world was saved, but not the way you think. Um, and, mm-hmm. and and I think that you know there the Pach Hashemen versus you know the ness of the of the nitzachon but i think that that's why people from a mystical bent were able to settle in and really be misboning much more in in, in the ness of the pachashem and the menorah uh and, and and be able to really become uh, uh to totally tune out all the other drum beats and i think that that's 
I don't know. I don't know if they're necessarily tuning out all the other drum beats. And we say we say a halal for for Mapolosa Shalmalchus. So that's not that's not unrelated. But I I completely agree with you that when we perceive these things as happening, we're perceiving them as as operations on a on a different different level on different scope in um, other words this is the from a kabbalistic perspective and i you know the uh, the seleucid empire was uh, was in a was in a state of disarray and and there was all sorts of uh, there was all sorts of tensions within the uh, there was a whole crisis of of succession within the seleucid empire and that is that allowed a certain a certain uh, uh window of opportunity during which the Hashmonoim could be could be successful. Okay. And obviously that that causality is not the kind of causality that we want to that you know that we're trying to look for. We're trying to look for a causality that indicates the presence of Hashem still among us or still you know still still with us. So it's Nosata Giburam Yad Khaloshim, you know, from from that point of view. Um, another another thing which which I think I'm over here and 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 Yivonis. Okay, with within the Greek philosophical tradition, there's a very big divide between the ideal and the real. You know, the ideal is perfect abstract ideas. The real is some sort of material, messy stuff that that can only approximate the only approximate the ideal. And if you're a if you're a Adam Hasholim, as far as the Greeks are concerned, so one of the things that you want to do is really perfect your body, because that's as close as we can become. You know, if the if the body is not an image of the ideal, then then it's not connected to the ideal in any way. And of course, that connection to the ideal is going to fade because you, you know you you can you can be young and beautiful for a certain number of years, and you then you become old, old and decrepit. Um, the idea that that uh, let's say the Arha Hasodim is trying to is trying to convey is that no matter what it looks like on the outside, but the Pneumius, you're still connected to the source no matter how far you go because the light of Hasodim is illuminates in all positions in an, in an equal way. So if you can establish your connection with that to that primordial light, then it's always with you and it always envelops you and therefore really no no matter what your body looks like. That stage of your body is going is as is as connected to the is as connected to the source as 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 you know your young and beautiful stage. So we don't have to get hung up all that much on how how aesthetically physically we we look, right? Um, because it's going to work even if we're not there on that on that particular. We don't have to uh, we don't have to look like the ideal in order to in order to embody the ideal. Right. And as a matter of fact, it's also it's also true for halacha. It's also true for for our for our um, for how well we keep mitzvahs. You know, we don't have to be perfect in order to be connected. You know, and and sometimes you know you you do an avera, you do tshuva, and that as long as you have that shaykhus to the to the oragonus, then no matter what things look like on the outside, or no matter what the facts of the situation are, you're still connected, and you're still you're still um, you know, a Rhein Gitton, I guess you you'd know, say, you know, in, that, in that reality. You know, I, I really appreciate your your take on on this because, you know, for years I've always felt there was a counter historical um, uh, description of the fight between Yovon and Yisrael, um, and and Rav Kook was sort of guilty of it as well, I- I- implying that that 
and saying really openly that Yovan represented philosophy and represented this type of abstract thinking and trying to look at the, the, the pure forms. And we know that, and we're going to get to Sefer Hashemunayim in a minute, but we know from Sefer Hashemunayim and other places that these weren't philosophers. The Seleucid Empire, these were not the, this wasn't Plato. I mean, this wasn't Socrates. You know, these, they believed in Getchkes. You know, they believed in the real, the Getchkes thing. They were putting up, they were putting up these icons. Um, it was real Avodah it wasn't oh yeah. the, it wasn't the replacement of Avodazara. Cook says in a number of places that that what happened here was Avodazara was gone because they were Mavatalit, uh, you know, the Antrikanasas Hagadola, as the Gemara says. But now it became philosophy. And this really was the victory uh from against philosophy. Um and I like what you're saying, Nelson, because it, it it wasn't the 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 Socratic method uh, of philosophic thinking that was being imposed. It was a uh, an aesthetic ideal of you know of, of of Greek beauty that and that probably was independent of although you know of the deep philosophical thought of uh, you know that the Rambam and others uh you know became experts in so i think that yeah. the, the, so you know from from the the aguda historians like Rabbi Halevi and others uh there is a um, insistence that we see hanukkah as a triumph over our own worst enemy you know the misyavnim who are really from our own people and you know, again, he says, like, like, like a snake shedding its skin. You know, the Misyavanim decided to turn into the Tzedukim. This is the theory that Rabbi Tzadik Alevi has. You know, that they just, they just, they just created, turned themselves into something else. But it's always this enemy that's within. You know, these, you know, they they couldn't work as Misyavanim, so now they're going to just going to be Tzedukim. But really, of course, the the pure light of true Torah Judaism uh, will, uh, of course, prevail. I think that if the Mukubolim have a little bit of a different take here, and I got this from the Osher of Rebbe, you know, in his uh, encyclopedic Eish Dos, you know, multi-volumes, you might have seen it. Uh, he, of course, was in the Bronx, eventually came to Tel Aviv. Uh, there, there was an idea that we had sunk so low Yes, because of the misfavim, right? Is the simu that we can't get worse than that? You, you would say, look, this seems to be the ultimate, you know, kfira of of what yadus was, right? We're running around naked, right? We're we're celebrating. We're going into the baths together, men and men. Like everything that was, you know, that was happening there uh, in 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 the Seleucid culture, and dafka then does the rabbi Shalom is megala no. You know, you have an ore that's that cannot be destroyed. That this is the this is it's it's, it's we sunk to the nadir of 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 where we were, and it isn't now that we destroyed the misyavnit. It's that even within their mentality, Hakadosh Baruch Hu has this incredible or of our neshama, which are, is able to be mahapech everything, and it's it's a living battery of Kedusha that can not necessarily eliminate, but but elevate and change. And it's Dafka in this period why it's it's a it's it's such an inner simcha, even more than Purim in other times uh, from that perspective. Because of how uh disconnected we seem to have been from 
the nigla principles of, 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 of what Torah was. No, the Rabbani Shalom is saying, you know, I'm still with you, and I'm with you even in betoikif, toikif, right? Well, like the Medrash says, v'choysha chalpanei sahayim, ze goos yovon. Choysha chalpanei sahayim. Oh, there's a lot of reason why they say that, yeah. Yeah, so that is like, you know, and, and, and again, w- whether it's the, the things described in the Sefer Chashmanoyim or other places, we know that that is a, a total counter philosophy uh, that isn't based on our ideals. It was something that was imposed on us from the outside. You would say, what are you? And, and therefore, the, that, that or of our uh, indestructibility has nothing to do with our ability to form a country. And, and create a functioning government that lasts and has to do with our tafket. And that's why they see not so, as, as, the, as the proof that we can survive Golis, that we can survive the thousands of years that we've been in all these uh, places that we've been thrown in and strewn into the worst type of life, whatever it is, communist Russia, uh, uh, wherever it is uh, in stretches in Africa, wherever we are, uh, disconnected from our source, Hanukkah proves that we will not be eliminated. And that's why I think it's it's it 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 it, it resonates in many ways as the the proof of 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 the of the of the Mashiach coming. I don't know. Yeah. Let me let me add let me add a little. And, um, so he said there's there's three loves. You know, ultimately every love that a person that a philosophical person has anyway is a love towards an ideal. And the ideal can take one of three forms. You know, it's either love of truth, which is knowledge, um, love of goodness, after love being good, and love of beauty, because the ideals always express themselves in in one or all of these three modalities okay but the and i i don't know how much how much of an argument we have you know have with with love of truth and and love of goodness okay that's you know not really arguing with that point but the idea of love of beauty and the and the the aesthetic ideal but what all these things have in common is that because the ideal is abstract and it's basically in its own realm and it doesn't really care about you you know, we are in the image of the ideal, but the ideal doesn't care about us. Okay, so we maybe we worship it because we're trying to get to it somehow, but it's always going to end with with some kind of failure, some kind of you know, and and you know maybe your spirit can lift beyond the you know the material world and 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 connect to the ideal, or as as you know, play in Plato's theory. Uh, souls come from the ideal world, so so we we need to remember who we are in order to return there. But returning to the ideal, you know, means letting go of this world and abandoning it in favor of of the truth. Okay, so all of these all these loves are ultimately not fulfillable within the within the realm of the material. So that's why is really golos yavan in in its in in a really authentic way and then and then once again you know the idea of the of the arhagonos is that is that no matter how things look from the outside or you know if you have this let's call it emuna or, or faith or, or sense of connectedness so then no matter what it looks like 
it's always connected to the to the source. You don't have to be perfect in order to be connected to the source. You're not less human if you're a hunchback and you're and and you're limping and you're sick and you look ugly. You're still as connected to the source as anything else because the connection to the source is not contingent about how things appear. It's about about some inner sense of of, uh, of identification. And you don't even actually really have to be perfect in order to in order to do tshuva and to reconnect to Kodesh Baruch Hu. And you don't have to you don't have to know the right pshat actually in the Gemara in order to in order to learn the Torah that you need to learn. Right? Um, what is it? Digle Olai Ahava over there. You know, the, even even somebody who says Ve'ayavto as Hashem lekecha. You know, you 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 misread my Yisrael and you think, oh, I, it's a mitzvah to hate God. I, I hate you. I hate you. You know. But if that's the Torah that you got. Okay, then then that's the that connects you to a Kaddish Baruch no no less than than getting the getting the pshat right, right. So those that is the that is the effect of the of the or hagonos, which is extremely necessary for surviving this particular um, descent or this particular pit that we have have found ourselves, which I think is roughly identifiable with the idea of Yosef being in the bar also, which is why Yosef in the bar is so relevant to so relevant to Hanukkah. It's a different Little, little difference again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm just gonna. I would. It, it, it might be also din to be nigmar in such a way. It's almost like if the din would really be nigmar in the yerachetonim of Tishrei, so many of us would be found lacking and superficial. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that the din is nigmar, you know, within in the period that celebrates our flaws or recognizes that the flaws don't define us, that there's something here that is worthy and uh, able to elevate despite what's around. That, that's uh, There you have a, a, a din that's nigmar with tremendous uh, chesed and, and, and it gives us hope that that this isn't, you know, the illusion of, of Kedusha that we sort of uh, wrap ourselves in in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, uh, it, it, the, we, we can be more comfortable with this uh, sort of like as everything is, as you say, a hunchback-like and grotesque now, but realizing that the Rebunish, the Ava, the Rebunish Shalom has for us and how he's mm-hmm. going to, uh, and how we can continue. Um, otherwise, we might, you know, you know, we look around now in these winter months and say, "Whoa, what happened to those? Kab- what, ha- what happened to those kabbalists that I had like two months ago? Like, where's that Hashem Kim that I was screaming at the top of my lungs?" Now, it's you know, again, it, it, I think it it, it it lends itself to an acceptance of a reality. Yeah. So why don't we why don't we let the cat out of the bag and talk about uh, talk about? Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.